Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Open to 1 Corinthians 2. So I'm going to go back to a couple verses we touched on uh, a couple times ago in this series. It would have not been this, uh, this morning, but it would have been last Wednesday we actually looked at these verses because we're going to motor on into further understanding how it is by the Holy Spirit that the Lord leads us and guides us and directs our steps. That we can, as God's people, learn to be able to hear Him, follow Him. I just want to keep reminding you, when we talk about hearing the voice of God, we're not talking about this audible thing in your ears. In fact, most of the time that God leads you, it's not an audible voice. It is literally just a witness within that He is actually guiding and directing you. We're going to talk more in detail as we move on about how to walk that out. But as we go through this series, we want to glean everything we can because guess what? I want you in these last days to know that day in and day out, you're walking in what God wants you to walk in. You're making choices in line with Him every day. Every day. Imagine going to pick up something at the grocery store and the Lord knows that could, ha that could harm your body even though you could pray over it. But guess what? He could just uh, have you avoid ever even picking it up. You, you just don't realize how much God wants to help you in every part of your life to be able to be led by Him. Especially in relationship to the day we live in, it's a dark day. I had somebody talking to me about this here this last week, and I said, you know, the problem is that if you don't truly take advantage of redeeming your time and using it for the purpose of what is good in God and focusing your, thing, your time on, on spiritual things, guess what? Evil automatically takes over. That's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5. And literally in the book of Psalms, it even tells us that we should ask God to help us to number our days. That we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, numbering your days means, guess what? Once this day's gone, I don't get it back. What did I do with it? What did I do with it? Did I focus it on the right things? Did, did I make a priority of what needed to be a priority in my life today? What about tomorrow? What about when I wake up tomorrow? Will I make a priority of what's obviously going to be a beneficial thing in my walk with God tomorrow? Or am I just going to kind of push God to the side if I don't have time to fit him in, I just can't fit him in. And so you got to number your days to realize, guess what? Every day that is a missed opportunity to grow in God and walk closer with God, you can't get it back. Can't get it back. So we want to number our days, know how short our time is. When you look at your life in the light of all eternity, man, the Bible, the Bible says that's it right there. That's it. That's how long it is. It's but a vapor. So we want to make sure we're walking out what God has for us. Amen. This isn't just the significance of what it means for you, but also how it affects other people around you as well. Because when you're walking in obedience to God, He's going to lead you to people that He wants you to help, people He wants you to speak to, people He wants you to witness to. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. We'll just read a, a handful of these verses. We're not going to go through all the ones we previously went through. I want to focus in on a couple key verses here we looked at before. In verse 9, the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit said, But as it is written... Excuse me. And he's referencing, of course, Old Testament scripture here from the book of Isaiah. I has not seen nor ear heard. This is natural eye, natural ear. This is this natural eye of yours. You have another eye besides this one out here. Your eye, your, the, the spirit has an eye. The spirit can see things. Your spirit can see with the eye of faith. What God says is so with your very spirit, man. So this eye is talking about the natural eye. This ear is talking about this natural ear. This natural eye has not seen. Say, my natural eye has not seen. Notice this, nor ear heard. Say, my natural ear is not heard. What is it not heard? Nor have entered into the heart. Now, the heart there is the soul, the understanding. The understanding, the mind, will, and emotions of a man. Nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say your natural eye, your natural ear, your soul, your, your aspect of your heart, of the inner part of your understanding, those things of which you have in relationship to the natural man, the things of God have not been revealed to. 
Eye hasn't seen it, ear hasn't heard it, heart hasn't received what God, what God has prepared for those who love him. How am I going to walk in what God has prepared for me because he loves me? How are you going to walk in what God has prepared for you because God loves you? You're not going to do it with your natural eye. You don't see it with your natural eye. You don't pick it up with your natural ear. You don't pick it up with your heart, your soul, mind, will, and emotions. What do you pick it up with? Your spirit. Your spirit. How do you know? Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us how? Through his spirit. I just got to keep emphasizing this. See, the way God is going to show us things, show us the path to take every day, show us the decisions to make, show us the way we're to live, show us what he wants us to do, it's always going to come through his spirit. Always. Well, where is that going to come to me at, Pastor? Into your spirit. How's that going to come? Through the word and that inward witness. So there's no way with my natural eye, there's no way with my natural ear or my natural reasoning that I'm ever going to get an understanding of what God has prepared for me because God doesn't lead you through the natural man. God doesn't reveal these things to your natural man. He reveals them to your spirit through his spirit. Verse 10, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. I wish he'd reveal it to me. He said, I've already given you the Holy Spirit to reveal all those things to you. So what, that's a part of why he's there with you. Yes. He goes on and says, for the spirit searches what? All things. Yes, even what? The deep things of God. If you want to know the deep things that God knows, all you got to do is start doing what? Learning how to be led, hear the shepherd's voice, yes. and he'll reveal these things to you. He wants you to know. Right. Verse 11, what man, human, not spirit, what human knows the things of another man except what? The spirit of the man. Now, see, I've taught you this many times, but see, even notice here, he's separating who you really are from the outer fleshly person. You listening? What man? Not the spirit, just the human. What human with natural knowledge knows the things of another human except what? The, the spirit of the man that's in him. There is no way by your natural knowledge you could ever look at somebody and say, well, I happen to know this about you. I happen to know because I've seen you do this. I happen to know that you're just this way. I happen to know, you know, let me help you. You need to stop labeling people. Because when you label somebody, you're labeling the fleshly part of that person. That is not who they are. The Bible says it. Paul said it. I see no man any longer according to the flesh. What I'm going to talk about tonight is what your mind is focused on. Come on because if your mind continually focuses on the things of the natural, this will hinder your ability and cause you to lack understanding of how to be led by God. What your mind is set on will determine how much you're led by God and how little you're led by God. If your mind is set on the natural things, you're not going to be led by God very much. Because he don't lead you by natural means. He's going to lead you by your spirit. So we got to start practicing. Say, I got to practice. What do we got to do? I'm going to help you tonight. I want to help you tonight. I want to, I want to help all of us tonight. We have to start practicing as we're about to see going into Romans 8. Anybody read Romans 8 since I gave you that assignment? We got to start seeing according to Romans 8 how to get our mindset on the right thing. You know how you do that? Practice. It takes practice. It doesn't just happen because you heard a sermon. If you hear this sermon and you don't go practice what it takes to get your mind set on spiritual things in the little aspects of what you do in a daily life, you're not going to walk in the light of what God wants you to walk in because the only way God's going to reveal all that he's already prepared for you is by your spirit through the Holy Spirit. He's not going to do it by natural means. He's only going to do it by his spirit through your spirit. So what must I do? Stop labeling people. No one knows the spirit of another man except the man himself. You stop labeling people. I hate this labeling going on. I hate it. You're this, you're that. All because of the actions of an individual. All because of what somebody does. Wow, I didn't know you were God and you could see their spirit man. We're not. We're not. I've been guilty like everybody else of labeling people based on actions that they've taken in their life, based on things they've done. If a person lies to you, you can label them a liar. But guess what? If they're born again, are they really a liar? No, their spirit's born again. Yes. 
Guess what their spirit doesn't do? Lie. Well, I happen to know they're a liar because they lie to me all the time. That is you again looking only at the outward person and not the heart. You don't know if that person's born again or not. You can't know if I'm born again. I can't know if you're born again. You can't base it on what somebody does. There should be evidences that you are, but you know there are people in Jesus' day who look like godly people who really weren't godly people. How about the Pharisees? They looked like the godliest bunch on the planet from the outward, but how many of you know they were some of the wickedest, most mean people on the planet? So you cannot ever say somebody's born again or not born again. Guess who you can only say is born again or not born again? You, because you're the only one that knows your spirit, man. See, the Bible never said in Romans chapter 8, this is how you know somebody else is born again by the witness of the Holy Spirit revealing that to you. No, he said, this is how you know you're born again. By the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. I honestly cannot know, according to the Bible, if you're born again or not. I can't know that. Why? No one knows the spirit of a man except the man himself. I can't know that. So I'm not to label you with external labels based on what I see of your life. I'm not to look at what you do and even say that you're a backslidden, lazy Christian. I could say your actions kind of look that way. But the truth is, you in your own heart are going to know whether you're hot for God or not. So we've got to be careful because when we go to labeling people, what are we doing when we're labeling people? We're looking at the outward. Guess what you're not going to do by living life looking at the outward things of life? You're not going to be led by God because he's not going to lead you that way. We got, to be get, we got to become so conditioned to be spiritually focused with our mind. We got to take that part of our soul, the mind, what it actually focuses on, and we got to keep it focused on the things of the spirit. The more we do, the more successful you're going to be at being led by God. The more you do, the more you're going to recognize those promptings of the Holy Spirit, things that he's trying to reveal to you, stuff he's trying to teach you, stuff he wants to show you. But you got to practice this. You know why? Because before you got born again, you were a sinner. And before you got born again, guess what your custom was? Guess what your routine was? Guess what your habit was? Fleshly led. Guess what you were not trained to do? Spirit led. You weren't trained to be spirit led because your spirit was dead. Now that you're born again, guess what you got to do? You got to practice this. But you can get good at it, man. You can get so good at it that somebody literally could be so mean, so harsh, so, so, uh, so difficult in the way they treat you, etc. And yet you could stand right there with all sincerity and all your heart and love on them and forgive them and never hold it against them. Why? Because you're not looking at the flesh. You're not looking at that. What are you looking at? You're looking at the heart. You don't see their heart, but you're looking at things through a spiritual perspective. Amen. So watch this. Again, he said this natural eye, ear, heart, they have not received the things of God. 10, it is only by the Spirit of God that God reveals those things. 11, and therefore no man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him. Tell your neighbor, I can't know what's in you. I can only know what's in me. Even so, no one knows what? No one knows the things of God. Except who? Who knows them? The Spirit of God. So this is why we got to get so uh, uh, developed in understanding a focus on spiritual things. If you're focused on spiritual things, it don't mean you act weird or you're fruity or you're woo, you know, Mr., you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs., uh, you know, Mars uh, uh, creature walking around going, oh my gosh, really, we can't talk about anything in the natural because we'd be focused on the natural. No, Jesus dealt with natural things. But he didn't stay focused on them. I said he didn't stay focused on them. He dealt with sin in people's lives. Don't go do that anymore. Don't, you stop doing that, praise God. Don't keep living that way. Why? It's going to hurt your life. But he didn't label them. He didn't label them, didn't say you're not going to heaven. Are you listening? So notice this, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man? Even so, no one knows the things of God except who? Who? Underline it. No one knows the things of God except who? How many of you want to know the things of God that he's prepared for you? Guess who knows them? The spirit of God does. How are you going to find out? Through the spirit of God. How God's going to reveal it to me is through the spirit of God. That's how he's going to lead me. Twelve. Now we have received, you ought to get excited about this. We have received not the spirit of the world. See, you got rid of that spirit. 
We have received not the spirit of the world. So that one's gone. Come on. But the spirit who is from God that we might what? Why do we have this Holy Spirit now living in us? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. A couple hallelujahs. No shouting shoes tonight on that one. Why do I have the Holy Spirit living in me? Isn't this amazing? God says one of the primary reasons that I put my Spirit in you is so that you might know. Guess why I gave you my Holy Spirit? So that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. Imagine this. You know, imagine in relationship to an inheritance that, let's say, a family member lays up an inheritance for another family member, and they have provided this for them. They've worked for this for them to have this inheritance. They pass on, but nobody ever told the person that they have an inheritance. They never went to the right source to find out that they actually have an inheritance. Remember the gal D.L. Moody actually had in those homes, and she didn't know? But I'm going to tell you what, folks, a lot of people aren't walking in their inheritance. I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't have their minds focused on the things of the Spirit. You will lack the ability to walk in your inheritance as a child of God as long as you're focused on the things of the flesh. If you're carnal-minded, you're not going to walk in your inheritance. Because all that you have of the inheritance of God comes out of the Spirit realm. And who reveals it to you? Tell me out loud, please. The Holy Spirit. Where is he going to reveal that to you? In your spirit. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Hope I'm stirring you up tonight because I want you to learn to practice what I'm going to get into in Romans in just a minute. We won't get through all of Romans tonight. We'll have to come back and pick it up on Wednesday night, but we'll get started on it. But this, I got to set this up for you. I got to get you so excited about wanting to start learning to practice getting your mind set on the things of the Spirit. Why, Pastor, would I want to practice getting my mind set on the things of the Spirit? So you can know the things that God has already prepared for you. You're not going to know what God's prepared for you, what He wants you to have, how He wants you to live, without doing what? Focusing on the things of the Spirit. Because as long as you're focused on the things of the flesh, as you're about to see in just a little bit, you are not going to be following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can't look at, focus on the things of the flesh and be led by the Holy Spirit. They are totally opposite to one another. Doesn't work that way. Philippians chapter 4. That's why throughout this series I've been saying he doesn't lead you through external circumstances. God does not. God in no way leads you through external circumstances in the New Testament. Philippians chapter 4. Watch this verse 6. Now you might be wondering why we're going to these verses about the leading of the Lord. But I want you to listen to them carefully. Be anxious for nothing. So stop and think about that word for a minute. I really should have had me a... I really should have had me a, a whiteboard up here today. I really wanted to do this. So stop and think about this for a minute. What is anxious? What is anxious? Worry. What else is anxious? Excuse me? No, in this term, anxious. What would this term, anxious? That would be another definition, another setting. But what's the word anxious? Be anxious for nothing. So it couldn't be excited because he certainly wants me to get excited about the things of God. But, so in this setting, what does this mean? What's this word anxious mean? Huh? Worried? Desperate? Lack of faith? What? I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Concerned? Yep. You know what this means? Full of care. You're so caught up with the cares of the world. You're so caught up with everything that's going on you that all these things you named are a result. Why do all these things you name come as a result? Because you're so caught up with the cares of this world. Be caught up with none of the cares of this world. We just told you. How in the world do I live a life not caught up with the cares of this world, Pastor? I got kids. I got bills. I got a job. I got a spouse. I got this. I got that. Let me help you. You do so by not focusing on the things of the flesh. The reason all the people on the planet are caught up with any form of care of this world, including people, sadly, that are even bound by anxiety, is because I'll tell you why. They're looking at everything through the flesh. You can't live in anxiety and look at the things of the Spirit. You can't focus on the things of the Spirit and have anxiety take control of you. 
Anxiety takes control of people who are focused on things in the natural. Because this causes people to do what? Get caught up in the things in the natural and cause these cares to come upon them. You know, most people, and it's a sad thing, but this is, this is an absolute truth, folks. Most people deal with anxiety because they're always thinking about what could be. What could happen? What if this? What if that? Whatever. What do they focus on? Things of the natural. Oftentimes, things that never even happened. Are you still with me? What did he just say here? Be anxious for nothing. What did he say? Tell me out loud. Be anxious for nothing. You know, he said, have no care about anything. How do I do that, Pastor? How do I do that? I'm going to tell you how. You learn to take your mind off the things of the flesh and you get your mind on the things of the Spirit. Because when your mind is set on the things of the Spirit, guess what you're not going to have? A care. When your mind is set on the things of the Spirit, guess what you're going to see? Who you really are. Guess what you're going to see? Who your God really is. How big your God really is. Amen? Why? Because now you're focused on the things of the Spirit. Focus on the things of the flesh, and guess what you're going to do? You're going to be anxious. You're going to have care. And you know what you're not going to do? You're not going to be led by God, because God's not going to lead you through the flesh. So what's going to happen? Flesh is going to take over. Flesh is going to rule. And Satan has the ability now to yank your chain around. I'm going to say it again. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Nothing. Watch this. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to who to who to God well if I through every aspect of what I deal with in life if I take everything to God in prayer what am I doing I'm communicating with God through the spirit I'm not focused on the natural I'm taking what's in the natural and I'm doing it I'm bringing it over into the spirit realm and I'm taking that before God in the spirit realm knowing God's already done what's needed to be done And all I'm doing now is just simply saying, thank you, Father. I release this to you. I release this petition request to you, knowing you've already done what's necessary through Jesus to deal with it. So I thank you that it's already done. And when your focus, listen to me, when your focus is on the things of the Spirit and not the flesh, what's the result? Watch this. Watch this. Let your request be made known to God. Notice this, verse 7, and the peace of God. Underline it. The peace of God, which surpasses what? All understanding. What will it do? It'll guard your heart and your, and your, it'll guard your spirit and your mind, your soul. It'll guard it from the enemy taking advantage of leading you astray. What will the peace of God will? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will now do what? Guard your heart, your inner man, and it will also guard your mind, your soul. Are you listening? It'll guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, through what Jesus did. If I look at things in the spiritual, and I bring, therefore, an issue in the natural, it don't mean we don't deal with stuff in the natural. You live in a realm of the natural. We deal with stuff in the natural. We deal with bills. We deal with these things. But we don't focus our attention on those things. We take what we deal with in the natural. We keep our focus in the spiritual, knowing what Jesus already did. And because we know that, we can communicate with God through our spirit man, talking to our Father, thanking Him for what Jesus has already done. And if my focus, therefore, is on God in the spirit realm, guess what I'm going to see happen? I'm going to see the peace of God rule over me. How do I know, Pastor, that I'm walking the direction God wants me to go? Peace. That guards first and foremost what? Your heart and then your soul. Are you listening? So this inward peace is what we're looking for. When we keep our focus on the things of the Spirit, what we begin to pick up on of how the Holy Spirit guides and directs us is this peace. We begin to pick up on this inner peace. Now, this word peace is the opposite of what? Care. It's the opposite of being anxious. It's the opposite of fretting, worrying, all the things you said that are a result of doing what? Focusing on the natural. Why do so many Christians not see this working in their life? Because they haven't learned to get their eyes off the things of the flesh and get their eyes on the things of the Spirit. Those verses that I just read to you, tell me that isn't a pretty powerful promise right there. Be anxious for nothing, 
But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Well, I've tried that, Pastor, and it didn't work for me. You know why? Because you can pray all day long. But if your mind is still on the things of the flesh, guess what? It ain't going to work. Because if, if your mind is on the things of the flesh, guess what you're going to still be full of? Care. You're still going to look at everything through the natural, and therefore, guess what's going to come upon you? Care. Well, I don't know if this is going to change. I don't know if this will ever turn around. I, th maybe this won't happen. I've been believing for this, but it may not happen. I don't know. These bills may not get paid. I may not see this healing take place. I may not see this situation turn around. I may never get a job. See, you're focused on everything in the natural. But when you focus on the things of the Spirit, guess what you know in Christ Jesus? He's already taken care of every need. He's already provided all that I need to life pertains to life and godliness. He's already provided my healing. He's already given me answers for everything I would ever face. Every situation I would ever come across. He already gave me the answer. Amen. Amen. I have the mind of Christ. Yes, I do. What's the key to these verses working? You have to learn to get your mind on the things of the Spirit. As long as your mind is set on the things of the flesh, this will not work for you. And because it will not work for you, guess what you'll miss out on? You'll miss out on the leading of the Lord. You'll miss out on the guidance God provides. God guides us into his plan through this inner peace in our spirit man. And this is why the devil wants you caught up looking at things in the natural. Because if he can keep you caught up with looking at things in the natural and you're caught up with every care and every worry and all the concerns in the natural, guess what you're missing out on? Is God wanting me to go this direction or not? Is God wanting me to do this or not? Is God telling me to do that or not? What is God saying? You don't know. You know why? Because you have no peace. You're totally caught up in the natural. You're not listening to the Spirit because you're not focused on the things of the Spirit. Go to John 14. Are you listening? Yes. That's a powerful set of verses, folks. But it only works when you learn to do what? Practice getting your mind on the things of the Spirit and off of the things of the flesh. Well, I may never get the home I want. Let me help you. Whatever kind of home you would ever want here in this life won't even compare to heaven. Why would you care? I said, why would you care? The Bible says you want to know how great gain comes in your life? Godliness with contentment. What is it? Godliness with contentment is great gain. What's contentment? I ain't caught up in the natural. You know why people get discontent with what they got in the natural? Because they're focused on the natural. You didn't hear me. You want to know why people get discontent with what they have or don't have in the natural? Because they're focused on the natural. How do you walk in contentment? You don't focus on the natural. He, he didn't say focus on the natural, be content with what you got. No, he said godliness. Living like God, walking like God. Well, God don't focus on the natural. God's a spirit. And when I live like God, walk like God, and I focus on the spirit, guess what? I'm not focused on the things of the natural, and therefore I'm walking like God. And therefore I'm what? Content. And it brings what? Great gain. A lot of people don't understand. Where does faith come from? Where does faith come from? Now, I know, understandably, from the Word of God, hearing the Word of God. But I'm talking about for an individual, where does that faith get released from? Your spirit, man. Doesn't, get, doesn't come out of your soul. Doesn't come out of your mind, will, and emotions. Don't come out of your brain. Comes out of your heart. One of the biggest reasons Satan wants you focused on the things of the natural, it hinders your faith. It hinders your ability to release faith and stay in faith. What I gave you tonight is a way to deal with your flesh, to tell your flesh to shut up and just say what God says. And every time your flesh speaks out, yeah, but I hurt, yeah, but this. Oh, Lord, I thank you by the stripes of Jesus that I believe I have received my healing in every part of my body. Amen. Therefore, I thank you, Lord, that you have healed me. And God said, if you believe you receive, you'll have. Yes. And see, for some of us, we just think that's too simple. God is really simple when it comes down to doing things. If you don't believe it, why do you think he said, a little child? A little child can understand the things of the kingdom. They're not complicated. Man complicates it. We need to understand that and realize the things of the Spirit are not that complicated. Are you still with me? John 14, please. Are you there? 25, these things I've spoken, Jesus said, while being with you. But the helper, say the helper. The Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit. Come on, say the Holy Spirit. Out loud, please. Everybody say it. 
Whom the Father will do what? Send in my name. What will he do? He'll teach you. The word teach here means to direct. It's like the word guide. In the Greek language, the word here is direct. He will direct you into all things. Why? Because he's here to guide you. And he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Come on, 27. Peace I leave what? Tell me out loud. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Let not your heart be what? Nor let it be what? Let not your heart be troubled or afraid. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Where is that peace? In your spirit. In your spirit. You have as a part of the fruit of your new created born again spirit, the very peace of God. But you also have that peace confirmation through the Holy Spirit. He's referring here to the Holy Spirit. I am going to leave with you a helper to direct you. He's here to direct you. How's he going to direct you? Through this peace. He's going to direct you through this peace. You're going to know by the peace within if you're going the right way or not. Let not your heart be troubled or afraid. What your heart, your spirit man here. Let not your spirit be troubled or afraid. Meaning that if I start going a direction, come on, I've told you this before. What's the word troubled here mean? Agitated. Remember the old agitators? I mean, almost, I mean, there are some, but almost none of the washers have the old center agitator, you know? I remember going to the laundromat all the time, man, you know, as a bull rider when I was, you know, living by myself, didn't have washer and dryer, you know, and I'd go over there all the time to check, man, is this thing not done yet, you know, and it's in there, everything's just whoosh, just agitating, just throwing it all over the place. Let not your heart be what? Agitated. Nor let it be what? Afraid. Timid. Timid meaning I don't have the actual confirmation in my heart to just step out and go for it. I'm feeling uh, a little uneasy about this. Guess what you don't want your heart to be? Agitated or timid. Meaning what? Because if it is, I'm going the wrong way. That's not, that's not God's will for me. If I'm about to make a decision and my spirit is agitated or timid, guess what I know? You don't go that way. That's not my plan for you. See, do we really take time to listen for this? Do we really take time to learn how to hear it? And I'll tell you why a lot of us have it in relationship to the whole of the body of Christ. Because most of us, again, aren't focused on spiritual matters. Ladies and gentlemen, recent statistics of evangelical Christians in America tell us that only 30%, which I think is pretty high, only 30% of evangelical Christians read their Bible every day. I think that's a little high, but that's what recent statistics have said. 30% of evangelicals confess they read their Bible every day. What is the Bible? Jesus said, my words, they are life and they are spirit. What are you doing in the Bible? Focusing on? What am I focusing on? Spiritual things, because God's a spirit. Can I get a better amen? 70% of Christians are not focused on what? What are they not focused on? Spiritual things. Why? Because they don't even read the Bible every day. I've got to read the Bible every day. Well, see, if that's your focus, you're looking at it as a natural thing, not a spiritual thing. But when you look at it as a relationship with God, you're excited to get into it. And you want to get into it every day if you have your mind set on the things of the Spirit and not the things of the flesh. And this is what you got to practice. Can I get a better amen? So again, what did he say I'm going to do? I'm going to give you this director. This helper, he's going to direct you, teach you. He's going to direct you into all things. He is going to bring things back to your members. And therefore, it is a peace that I'm leaving with you. See, the Bible talks about this. We're about to see in Romans 8. The Bible says the Holy Spirit bears witness with what? Now, the phrase there doesn't mean he's our only witness. It says he's a co-witness. He bears witness with. What's he bearing witness with? My spirit. Your spirit often knows things, but you know what the Holy Spirit does? Confirms them. How does he confirm them? With a peace. With an inner peace in your spirit, man. Your spirit often knows what to do. Your spirit often knows direction to take. If it doesn't, the Holy Spirit's right there to reveal it to you. But the Holy Spirit confirms these things, co-witness with your spirit. It's like two people standing on a street corner, they see a wreck, And one says, yep, I saw it. The other says, yep, I saw it. They're co-witnessing what they saw as an actual fact. 
the Holy Spirit is co-witness with your spirit to say what God is saying is an actual fact. What God is telling you to do is actually the way he wants you to go. He's a co-witness. How does he guide you? He's a co-witness. He's co-witnessing with your spirit. This is the way you're to go. This is the way you're not to go. And I guarantee you, man, if you obviously are not focused on spiritual things, guess what you're not going to even recognize? The agitation. Nor the peace. Why? Because you're looking at everything from a spiritual, uh, a physical perspective. If I'm focused on the things of the flesh, guess what I am not picking up on? Come on, somebody, help me. If, if you are understanding how radios work, how many you know that right now in this room, television, radio, I mean, it's everywhere. There's so many voices right now in this room. If you don't believe me, we could go get a radio, turn it on, and start to, you could pick up all kinds of stuff. When we turned it on, the voice didn't show up. It was already here. Are you listening? The radio doesn't go, hey, voice out there, come on down. No, it's already floating through the, it's already here. What are you doing? You're tuning in. You're tuning in. What if I don't tune in? Then you don't hear it. Is the voice there? Yes, it is. Is God's voice there to direct you every day? Yes, it is. Why are most Christians not hearing the voice of God every day? Because their mind is not tuned into the right thing. Their mind is looking at things from the, from the natural. It's focused on the flesh, not the spirit. And I'm preaching better than your amen in. This is so critical because if you don't learn this, God's talking, but we just aren't tuned in. We're not on the same channel. Could I get a better amen? And you know what we got to do to practice this? It's like the old TV that had the tubes in the back. Remember those? I remember a guy coming to our house. Really, I mean, there was like fuzz, you know, and you could sort of kind of see it and hear it and stuff like that. And man, he'd put his little tools back there and look. I mean, these guys had long arms, boy. I mean, they'd put a little tool back there and a little thing start turning. And before long, boy, here comes that picture nice and clear and the sound nice. Guess what? It was there all along. Guess what he did? He took the time to tune in. You got to take the time to tune in by getting your mind set on the things of the spirit and off of the things of the flesh. If you're not going to live in the Bible every day, fellowshipping with God, don't think you're going to get your mind set on the things of the Spirit. Now, wait a minute. Why is that so important? Who's in you to show you all things that you've been freely given? Who's there that's trying to lead you in the pathway of success? Who's there to try to direct you in the decisions of your tomorrows? Who's there to reveal to you what God's already set up and wants you to do? Who already has a successful plan already laid out for you, all ready for you to walk on? God does. Why are we not walking in it? Because we're not focusing our mind on the right channel. God's saying he's talking all the time. I told you just like the trade towers. Don't tell me the Christians that died in that actual accident of the trade towers weren't being talked to the same as everybody else was. Wrong channel. Their minds were set on the things of the flesh. And it meant life or death. And it can for us. Are you still here? So, John 14. You can't tell I'm excited about this, can you? Peace I leave with you. So say I've already got it. But why don't I seem to follow it? Why don't I seem to know if it's there or not? Why don't I seem to really recognize it or not? Because you have to tune in to the Spirit of God, the things of the Spirit, to pick up on this peace. To pick up on this turmoil or agitation when you're going the wrong way. If you don't, He's the one, the Holy Spirit, that's going to make this happen. Go to Romans 8 now. Say, God will only lead me. Come on, God, help me feel a little better like I'm getting you to understand what we're talking about tonight. Say, God will only lead me by His Spirit and through the things of the Spirit. Why do we say the things of the Spirit? What's His Word? That's Spirit. Who's going to help, help, help us understand it, walk in the light of it? The Holy Spirit. He's only going to lead you. He is only going to lead you by your spirit, man. No other way. He is not going to lead you to your natural means. Well, Pastor, I know I tried some stuff before and thought, well, I'm going to try this and see if it works. And if it works, it must be God. You know, God will allow some things for baby Christians in relationship to what may happen, but he didn't lead them that way. Are you listening? And sometimes it's just, a, you know, basically a, 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 you know, a 50-50 chance anyway when you throw out something in the natural. Sure, it could come to pass because it could obviously even be the devil doing it to be able to misguide you, misdirect you. We don't go by the things of the natural. 
And I'm about to show you that. So please take the time again this week. Reread it if you already have. Take time to meditate on it. Study it and look at it because in Romans chapter 8, not the whole chapter, but almost the whole chapter, it constantly keeps dealing with two things. Flesh, spirit. Carnal, spiritual. You listening? Old nature, new nature. Constantly. Keeps, keeps bringing these two things up. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. You there? Yes, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to what? Spirit. Tell me out loud please. Spirit. So if I live my life carnally focused, guess what I'm going to actually have happening from my flesh on a regular basis affecting my life? I'm going to feel condemned. I'm going to feel like, oh man, God must not really care about me. God must not really love me because if he did, why do you allow this to happen? I, that's a type of condemnation, meaning that I've been damned from God, like God doesn't love me anymore. God doesn't care about me anymore. The only reason you're ever going to go that direction and feel that way is because you are not walking according to the flesh. Excuse me, you're not walking according to the spirit in that case, but you're walking according to what? The flesh. But there is no condemnation. There is no, the, the, the phrase condemnation here means an a judging, excuse me, a judging of wrong. Let me slow myself down. It is a judging of wrong with punishment to come. Guess what Jesus did? He bore your punishment. Guess what the devil wants to make you think? You miss it with God, boy. He ain't going to bless you. He ain't going to heal you like he's punishing you. Like he's holding stuff back as a form of punishment. But you know what? God ain't holding nothing back. He's already freely given us. All things in Christ Jesus. Laid out. Already ready for us to partake of. But see, when you live a carnal focused life, guess how you know a key that you're living a carnal focused life? You are constantly all the time allowing the wrong thoughts and the wrong things that come through your brain to convince you that for some reason, I guess God just doesn't want me to have this because it hasn't happened yet. I guess God really don't want us to have that building because the money hasn't come yet. I guess God doesn't really want to bless my family because this hasn't changed yet. I guess God doesn't really want to heal me because if he did, I'd already be healed. He already healed you. He already provided all things. But you got to stop doing what? You got to stop walking according to the flesh. You got to walk according to the spirit. So verse 1 kicks it off. Flesh, spirit. Carnal, old nature, spiritual, new nature. You got to see it over and over again. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. New nature. Woo, come on. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from old nature. The law of sin and death. You're not going to be. You already are. <clears throat> Listen to it again. The law. The, the word law here means the rule. The rule of the spirit of life, what is co- which has come in you the moment you're born again. Guess what it did? It freed you from the rule of sin and death. Then why do I still have a problem with sin? Why do I still have a problem walking in sin, Pastor? Because you have not set your mind on the things of the spirit. You are still setting your minds on the things of the flesh. And if you set your minds on the things of the flesh, guess what you're going to do? Walk in the things of the flesh. But they are not a ruler over you. Why is this ruling over me? Your mind is on the wrong thing. If your mind gets focused on the things of the Spirit, guess what you'll start walking in? Liberty. You listening? I'll give you a powerful little phrase that the Bible talks about as relationship to our God. Because if you walk in the things of the Spirit, guess what you're going to do? You're going to know your God. So if you write this down, the word know, K-N-O-W... Know God, comma, no, N-O, no sin. How do I get free from sin? Know God. If you know God, guess what you ain't going to know? You ain't going to know sin. Because if you walk close with God, he'll rub off on you. If you walk close with God, you'll start walking in the things of the Spirit. And as you walk in the things of the Spirit, you're not walking according to the flesh. You're walking now under the rule of the Spirit of life that's in you. And guess what it's done? It's freed you. Don't ever say, I am still bound by sin. That is a lie. That is not true. If you say that, you just went against what verse 2 just said. Read it again. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Going to? Has made me free. One day maybe? Has made me free. Any good amens on this? What did it free me from? The law, the rule. The word law, there is rule. 
I'm no longer under the rule of sin and therefore not lo no longer under the rule of death. Sin cannot dominate me if I learn to focus on and walk in the Spirit. If I get my mind off the things of the flesh, sin will not dominate me. If I get my, things on, get my mind on the things of the Spirit, who am I focused on? God. No God. No sin. Where'd you get that, Pastor? Holy Ghost. I was doing a little teaching on it. Facebook, and the Lord just spoke to me and said, If you know God, you'll have no sin. Are you still with me? Are you excited or not? For what the law, what the law could not do, Ten Commandments, and it was weak to the flesh. Nobody could uphold or fulfill the Ten Commandments because everybody had sinned. Ten Commandments revealed that. So what the law could not do, that it was weak to the flesh, God did. God did. Say God did. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, what did he do? He condemned sin in the flesh. He dealt with sin once and for all. He dealt the death blow to sin. Now, how did he condemn sin in the flesh? How did he do that? Let me help you. To be condemned again here means to be one who's found wrong of guilt, listen, and therefore deserves punishment. You want to know how he literally did what? He condemned sin in the flesh. How did he do that? He took your punishment. Propitiation. Come on, he took your punishment. Everybody say that wonderful word, propitiation. What's that mean? He bore your punishment. Well, when he did, guess what he did? He condemned sin. Sin no longer condemns you. You're not going to go under this damnatory sentence and be punished by God. Why? Because Jesus already delivered you from it. How? He took your punishment. I said he took your punishment. Oh, shut up, timer. <laughs> I'm already out of time, man. I'm barely getting started. Praise God. Watch this. Watch this. So in verse 3, he condemns sin in the flesh. Why? For that the righteous requirement of the law, what was righteously required by God of the law would be fulfilled in us. Fulfilled in who? In us. The righteous requirement that God demanded of everybody according to the law was fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. If I walk according to the flesh, you know what I'm going to forget? This has already been done. But what if I walk according to the Spirit? I know it's been done. God's not punishing me. God's not holding anything back. Come on, somebody. He, he fulfilled the righteous requirement. Amen. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh. Come on, I got to quit. For those who live according to the flesh, what do they do? What do they do? Tell me what they do. Tell me what they do, please. They set their minds on the things of what? The flesh. See, you got to practice this. I won't be able to teach it to you tonight. I'm out of time. I have to come back Wednesday. But you got to understand this. If I don't learn to practice setting my mind off of the things of the flesh and on the things of the Spirit, I'm not going to be led by God. I'm not going to know what God has for me because He's not going to reveal it through my flesh. He's going to reveal it through the Spirit. Not only that, Satan's going to take advantage of my life and cause me to believe all kinds of lies that aren't true about my God. That Jesus already took care of. That Jesus already fulfilled. You know how many Christians think God's mad at them? You know why? Lack of teaching, which is true of a lot of people. They've never been taught. Sadly, a lot of Christians don't get what you get. Not bragging on me. I'm just telling you a great leadership we've had. A lot of people don't get teaching like this. I think of all the churches around, I think, you know, I see a lot of different churches. I thank God for what they do. Praise the Lord. But I hope that they teach the whole truth to God. I hope that they teach that these things are already done and that people can walk in this liberty and know how to be led by God. I don't believe the average Christian has any idea, let alone uh, most, uh, uh, even in the context of Pentecostal believers, of how to be led by God. Why? Because I don't see them being led by God. I see him being taken advantage of by Satan and led by the flesh. But we don't have to. Aren't you glad? Say, I got a guide. <clears throat> What's he to do? Guide you. Not a heavy revy. Woo! So that's a heavy revy, Pastor. Yeah. What's the guide sent to do? Guide you. But he can't do that if you got your mind set on what? The things of the flesh. Why? Because he's a spirit being. You still with me? Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of what? But those who live according to the Spirit, what do they do? They set their minds on the 
So here we are, every verse, this separation. You got flesh, you got spirit. If your mind's set on the things of the flesh, now he's getting right down to it. If your mind's set on the things of the flesh, guess what? You're not going to be governed by the spirit. You're not going to know how to be led by him. You're not going to know his promptings. You're not going to know his leadings. Why? Because you're focused on the things of the flesh. And you're going to know it because you're going to feel like God's mad at you at times. You're going to feel condemned. You're going to feel like you're a nobody, like God must not care about you. And all those are absolute lies because you've already been delivered from the rule of sin and death. You still with me? Verse 6. Come on, i got to get you just a couple more verses for tonight. For to be carnally minded... To be carnally minded. To be carnally minded is what? Tell me out loud. So the word death always refers to a type of separation. Always. You have to look at the context of what it's saying you've been separated from. When a person dies physically, there's a separation. The spirit and the soul leaves the body. There's a separation. If they die physically, there's a separation. If you die spiritually, there's a separation. Separation from God. But you know what? You can be born again and on the planet and still walk in separation. Death. You can be separated from the kind of life God had prepared for you. You can be separated from the plan God had already prepared for you to walk out. All because you didn't learn to train yourself to get your mind set on the things of the Spirit. Because He ain't going to lead you in those things to your flesh. Have I said that enough times tonight? How many times do you think I've said it? Carrie, you haven't kept track? Come on, you're the record keeper. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Watch this, six. To be carnally minded is, is again, is what is it? So it's a separation for some, from something. In this context, what are we getting separated from? Read on. But notice this, to be spiritually minded is what? Oh, come on. Tell me what it is. It's life and peace. How does God lead you? Oh, he leads me by peace. But what if I'm carnally minded? Separation from the leading God has for my life. Can you see it? Separation from life and peace. Life is a way. Life as God has it. How do you walk in that? Through the peace that he leads you by. You're not going to walk in Zoe life just because I preached on it. I could preach on Zoe life for weeks. You're not going to walk in it just because I preached on it. You're going to walk in it because you're led into it. You didn't hear that. You're going to walk in it because you're led into it. The Zoe life has already been given to you. How do I walk in Zoe life? You've got to be led into it. He's got to lead you into how to live in that Zoe life. But if I'm carnally minded, what's the result? Separation from. I want you to get that. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here's how you can word it from the original language and not actually mess with it in any way and actually say what it really says. If I am not Focused on the old carnal fleshly nature. I am not going to be separated from Zoe life and the guidance of the peace God gives me to lead me into that Zoe life. But if I'm governed by my old fleshly nature, death, separation from the Zoe life plan of what God already prepared for me to walk in because I don't know how to be led through the peace that God gave me. Why? Because I'm not spiritually focused. How's he going to lead you? To your spirit. All right, I'm closing with this. Listen to this. Verse 7. I posted it this afternoon. Romans 8, 7. A little tantalizing tidbit I gave this afternoon. Voice translation. You see a mind focused on the flesh is declaring war against God. You see this all through the Bible. To be carnally minded is enmity. Enmity, totally opposed, angered, hatred toward God. Notice again, it says in the voice translation, you see a mind focused on the flesh is declaring war against God. Why? Because your flesh ain't never going to go the way of God. Therefore, it's now in a war with God. Why? Because there's a battle going on. The flesh says, no, I want to go this way. God says, no, follow me this way, and I'll take you into Zoe life in peace. But your flesh says, uh-uh, no, 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 no. And as long as you are allowing yourself to be carnally focused, there's a battle going on. You see, a mind focused on the flesh is declaring war against God. It defies the authority of God's law and is incapable of following his path. Did you get that? It is incapable of following his path. What's his path? Peace. 
How does He guide you? Through peace. Philippians chapter 4, John 14, all these things we've already read about how He leads us. If I'm carnally minded, guess what? I'm incapable of following God's path. I want you to get that tonight in closing. If I'm carnally minded, if I'm carnally ruled, in the context my mind is focused on nothing but the things of the flesh. If my mind is so caught up with and focused on fleshly things, I am incapable of following his path for my life. Why are you incapable if you have your mind set on the things of the flesh? Why are you incapable of following his path for your life? Why? Because he don't reveal it to your flesh. He reveals it to your spirit. It's that simple. Guess what you and I need to do? Practice becoming spiritually minded. Now, another way this is stated in the Greek language, and there's other translations that say it this way. If you are under the carnal mind, you are still under the rule. You ready? You're still under the rule of the fallen Adamic nature. But if you have a mind focused on the spirit, you're now under the rule of the new Zoe life nature. It's all based on your focus. It's all based on, your mind has a part to play. What you do with your mind in this life every day will determine how capable you are of following out God's plan for your life. And if your mind is set on carnal things, guess what you're not? You're not capable of following his plan. Why? He doesn't reveal it through your mind. He doesn't reveal it, excuse me, he don't reveal it through your mind nor through the fleshly things of this life. How does he reveal it? Through your spirit. Your mind will pick up on it, but it comes out of where? Your spirit. How will your mind know it? Because your mind's focused on the things of the Spirit. You listening? Your mind will get it. Your mind will pick up on what He's leading you to do. Your mind's involved, but your mind is now focused on the things of the Spirit. What's God bearing witness with? I didn't get to it, Romans 8, 16. What's God bearing witness with? Your spirit, man. Can I get a better amen? And He's doing it all the time. The problem is, where's our mind tuned to? What channel are you on? I say we get on the God channel every day. Come on. Tell your neighbor, I can get on the God channel every day. What if you're tuned to the God channel? Guess what you're going to hear? You're going to hear good news. Guess what else you're going to hear? Correction. Guess what else are you going to hear? Direction. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to show you stuff you need to fix and change that's hindering your life. Quit doing that. Quit saying that. You're hurting your body. You're hurting your finances. You're hurting your spouse. Shut your mouth up. Start saying what I say. See, he's not just going to be this sweet little, oh, it's all good. Praise the Lord. Lord. If you're doing stuff wrong and he knows it's hurting your life, guess what we going to do? He said, don't do that anymore. You know what just came out of your mouth? Repent and shut up and stop saying that. <laughs> that's hurt you. He's not going to say it d- detrimental in a way that's demeaning. He's doing it because he loves you. Yeah. Don't do that. That hurts you just like Jesus. Sweetheart, go and don't sin anymore. Yeah. Don't keep doing this. You're just hurting your life. Right. To be carnally minded is to be incapable of being led. Think about that in the path God has for your life. Why? He doesn't reveal true fleshly things. He reveals it to your spirit. I hope you're getting this. I said, I hope you're getting this. Because even to be led by the Word of God, as I said this morning, can't be just some quote-unquote rule or regulation that i got to follow. No. It's because I know this is spirit and this is life. He loves me and I love him. And if I walk out what he says in these scriptures about what I'm to do as a New Testament Christian, I'm choosing his path for my life. I'm choosing a good path. I'm choosing what is his plan, what he's prepared for me. I know that in my spirit. I know that in my heart. Sometimes it takes practicing long enough till you finally realize it's true. And all of a sudden, guess what begins to come up inside you? Peace. Peace. Your lack of rest, your lack of peace is a sign you're carnally minded. It's another little nugget to sit on. Your lack of peace, your lack of rest internally is a, is a factor that you have your mind set on the things of the flesh, not the things of the spirit. There's a rest, what we talked about this morning. There's a rest for the people of God. Amen. Why did the children of Israel accept, accept Joshua and Caleb? Why did they not obey and do what he told them to do? Because they were focused on the carnal. Right, yeah. They weren't focused on God, folks. If they were focused on God, 
Come on, quit looking at me with that tone of voice because you're making me preach longer. If they were focused on God, when he showed up at Mount Sinai, guess what? They wouldn't have cowered. They'd have run to him. You kidding me? You kidding me? If you're focused on the things of the Spirit, it don't cause you to run from God. It causes you to run to him. You want more of him. I've never experienced the presence of God, so ooh, I don't want more of that. But you do if you're carnal. You know why? Because your flesh don't like it. But your spirit loves it. And it'll change your flesh. Stand your feet. I got to quit. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.